When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse, we talk with an abuse survivor named Ariana. And Ariana was in a three-year abusive relationship where she was eventually afraid for her life. It's a story about feeling alive for the first time, atomic love bombing, taking positives from the negative, and growing from the mistakes you made along the way. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, a podcast that gives a voice to survivors of narcissistic abuse. I am Brandon Chadwick, but my friends call me Chad, and thanks for tuning into this episode. So what is a narcissist, you may ask? Well, for the purposes of this podcast, we refer to a narcissist as anyone who has displayed a pattern of behavior that shows a limited capacity to appreciate others' perspectives. It is that simple. And now, before we get to our episode with Ariana, I just wanted to thank everyone in the Narcissist Apocalypse community for listening to the show and sharing your thoughts by email, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. A big shout out to all of our friends in our Narcissist Apocalypse Facebook support group for just being a great group of people. So hello to all of you out there. Also, a reminder, if you haven't left us a review on whatever podcast service you use, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, CastBox, etc., etc., please leave us a five-star written review as it helps out the show a lot when it comes to rankings. Now, if you want to be part of our show, please go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com and fill out the guest form and we'll go from there. That's at NarcissistApocalypse.com. You click on guest form, you fill out the information, press submit. I'll read your email. I'll answer your email. We'll go from there. But the quickest way to be part of the show is to also go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com and to read a letter to your narcissist. And how do you do that? To be a part of our Narcissist Compilation episode, our Letters to Our Narcissist Compilation episode. I forgot a word there. I got it back. We have a voice recorder on our website. To record, go to NarcissistApocalypse.com. It's on the right side of the page, and it's always floating around, hard to miss. There's a button there that says Send Voicemail. Press it, and away you'll go. We're accumulating these letters to have a volume three of that episode, so send in those voicemails. If you want myself or my old pal Melissa to read your letter instead, just send it to NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com. And before we get started, I just wanted to tell everyone we have a a sister podcast, a new podcast called Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, and it is now available for your listening pleasure. Yes, that is correct. 
Our first four episodes have been released. Our last episode was with Brandy Smith, and we discussed the narcissist real love versus fake love. It was a really great episode. Next week, we'll be chatting about spiritual abuse, and I'm really looking forward to that episode. It's going to be a really great listen, too. If you want to support this podcast... One of the many ways you can is to hire a therapist or coach from our directory. And Brandy Smith is on our directory. And Claudia Sinai Mosias from a couple weeks ago is on our directory. And Julie L. Hall from week one is on our directory. And Debbie Tudor from week two is on our directory. Yes, everyone who was on our Q&A episode is on our directory at abusetherapy.org. Our directory, once again, is abusetherapy.org. So if you're looking for a therapist or a coach, please do go to abusetherapy.org. It helps support our show. But do you know what else helps support our show? We now have a Patreon, everyone. Yes, that's right. We started a Patreon. What is a Patreon? A Patreon is, uh, I guess for us, more of like our fan page. It's it's a behind a paywall. It's $5 a month. You'll get episodes that have never aired. We're going to be doing follow-up episodes with former guests, watch-along episodes, and much, much more. We have three non-aired episodes up there already. And... Our original podcast episode, yes, that's right, before this podcast was what it is now, it started off as a humor podcast, and you'll never hear any of those episodes, but you can now. Our original episode, which was called Call to Arms, is now up on the Patreon, and you can help support the show and become a patron of Patreon at patreon.com slash narcissist apocalypse that is right so if you want to become a patron of the show help support the show we're going to give you extra content at least one thing a week so now i'm just going to get out of my own way here is my conversation with ariana welcome to narcissist apocalypse with me today i have ariana thank you for being on the show today how are you i'm good i'm doing good well, I'm just going to get out of your way and give you the floor to tell your story. So I had the same partner for 10 years, and we have two kids together. And at this time, they were about like, they were kind of young. And I was in a, like a very foggy state. I remember like my relationship at this time with my, I would say my husband was really like we were really good friends we never had fight but somehow it's like we were not very intimate either like we had sex very rarely and i really avoided to be intimate with him and i felt very numb in general in my life like i felt like there was a big cloud over my head all the time and i was not present in the the present moment even with my kids like it was hard to be fully like to give my full attention to them and I would say like I'd lost like my instincts like I was never really happy nor very sad I was always like very neutral and for like what brought me maybe to this situation this narcissistic story like I'm from I'm not from a family of abuse which I hear a lot usually like I'm from a very like emotionless family I would say like there was never any fights at my house 
And both my parents are from like very abusive family on both sides, but they, both of them, they took kind of the role of the quiet person. Sorry, did you feel loved or was it always distant? Were like they physically hugging type people or well, were they just I, distant? I got, to, I got to be very close with my mom in the recent years. And she said even to me that for sure there was a lot like of, there was a lack of emotional support. Like everything was done. We were like all good, but there was not like this loving feeling that much and I love like I love my parents and I have a super good relationship with them but I guess they were stuck at this time in their own stories and they were not shown themselves when they were young like what is it to be like loved or I don't know it's hard to tell for them but were you a good communicator or did you learn poor communication skills because of that we're very like I would say, I'm an avoidant person. Okay. And both my both my parents like they had they had issues that they never spoke about. So I think the unspoken unspoken was a big thing. But at the same time, there was no big issues. So I was not very like trained to be like a good emotional person, maybe or I don't know. I don't want to be rough on my parents there because they actually they were really good. <laughs> And, like, my brother, it was me and my brother, and my brother was, like, very hyper, and he took a lot of place as a kid, and so I guess I became, like, the good, calm child that didn't need much. So I guess this is what set me up for what happened, mostly. So how long how long was your uh, marriage to your first husband? Uh, all together, 12 years. Oh, 12 years. and Yeah, like from when I was quite young until recently. <laughs> and uh, I guess it was very good. And it was kind of the same relationship. Like I have nothing. This person is a very good person. He's a very good dad. And now we're co-parenting and he's, he's a great dad. Like I have nothing, nothing to say about it. And... But we were kind of like this, like we had issues, but we never really spoke about it. And I guess we got to that point where the intimacy was not very good. And at at a certain age, like the kids, they take a lot of time and energy. And so like a lot of couples, I guess it went no intimacy and very sexless also. And then... After everything fell apart, well, fell apart is a bad word. After everything kind of naturally, I guess, dissolved because of uh, the distance and the sexless marriage, how long did it take for you to meet your eventual um, ex, Jim? Actually, I was, I feel sometimes that I was like, I had like narcissistic tendencies. And I think a lot of people that live abused, they kind of, feel like that but I guess I was in this very low point and I actually cheated on my husband for like a year before it ended and I cheated with that person that I'm gonna talk about right now and it all started like my husband was away for work for like a long period of time like about two months 
And so I was alone with the kids, and this person, Jim, started texting me, but very, like, subtle messages. And at first, I was like, what does he want? And then, like, I knew this person from a long time ago in a work we've been doing, like, 10 years before, but I never really, like, we were never close or anything. Like, he made it seem like he just wanted to know me more. And yet he was also in a relationship with a person. And I don't know, I guess, like, my need of being seen was very big. And I felt that this person really saw me. And, like, he really went went for it. Like, And I remember a line that he texted me was, like, I asked him, like, how can you trust that I'm not, gonna tell your wife that you're texting me and he was like like I know from the first time I saw you 10 years ago that I could trust you and I was like how could you know stuff like that like we didn't even know each other and then he was all like I still remember that first time like I feel like we have very big story for us to come and like this is meant to be like very intense very fast. Now now I see it clearly, but at this moment, I just felt like, I felt it was like, you know, when you're in the, the ocean and the boat is sinking and someone's throwing you A life something preserver? to save. Yeah, I felt this was this. <laughs> so I grabbed onto it. So you felt that he was... saving you and rescuing you and he's seen you for maybe your first time in a long time because you grew up kind of not feeling seen because of no i didn't yeah yeah and then in your relationship uh your first one maybe at the beginning you felt seen but then after i mean it was 12 years and after a while you i guess in your mind faded into the background and now after a very long period of time Jim is now seeing you and you feel like he is going to bring you up to be the person you always wanted to be and pretty much yeah like I felt deeply seen by this person and for sure it was like a, a feeling that was long gone from my life like and me and my husband kind of like I was kind of like a very neutral like not bad but not extra good relationship like something that I would see now at much value like it was a normal relationship somehow but anyway this is what happened and like there's the love bombing stage and I would say like it was like a nuclear bomb like Never, ever in my life someone was that much into me. And, like, it didn't start that it that something happened already. Like, I was very, like, reluctant, and I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, but I feel I was hooked very fast now that I see it from a distance. And Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, 
and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So when you say it was a nuclear bomb, uh, yeah. a, a nuclear, uh, what was, I guess, the biggest thing uh, that really sucked you in? I don't have like a precise thing, but it's just the very deep feeling of being seen. And like this person was like, I felt was ready to do anything to be with me, like, but anything. And he's like, see, he has his wife and his family, but if I would text him, like he would be like answering right away, like being very ready to come anytime. I was like, I wonder like how he could do that actually, like with his family. Cause for me, it was not a question like, I was not very available. <laughs> so like we didn't see each other that much, but like we contacted each other as soon as we can. And then I guess after three months of like texting, then it started like a physical thing happened between us. And to me, it was like, like this person made me feel like a goddess like so feminine like never ever before in my life like nobody had made me feel that way ever and I guess this is what got me like more that the power that it gave me like his attention I guess this is what got me the most hooked and I really felt a moment maybe this was five or six months in that my allegiance i would say which is a weird weird word to use but like switched from my husband to him and i guess after that i was really hooked and i consider myself to be like a very avoidant person and that is hard to like hard to get or but it happened anyway <laughs> um yeah i've like yeah, I don't want this story to start to be like very sexual, but I've listened to a lot like other stories and I feel the sexuality is not brought as a subject much. But like this story was like very sexual and because it was I was coming from a, like a very low sexual place, like it felt like I felt like I was a virgin, like totally. And then, like, it went, like, it gave me a lot of, like, um, yeah, it's not, the word is not power, but confidence in myself mm -hmm. that I lacked. <laughs> and I guess eventually was sex used as a, a weapon in, in your relationship, or we'll get there? Uh, I'm not even sure, like, of that part, like... I've, I've read and listened podcasts about, like, uh, sexual abuse. And I think it's very hard to draw the line, like, of where it starts. And maybe there's a part of denial in this, but I prefer to keep it as a good thing because I feel this was the only good thing that was okay. kind of be between us. Not that it was the only good thing, but it's the thing that changed me the most and that I, I, I kind of want to keep, like... This person was like, it was a big experience in my life and it's hard to keep positive stuff about it because like, it was like a tornado in my life, I feel, and I have a hard time like putting positiveness to it. 
but I'm trying to keep yeah a few positive things about it. <laughs> um, so after the love bombing and everything that has happened here, your trust has been built, and I guess there's a certain point where you do uh, divorce your uh, uh, ex-husband. And and then eventually you uh, move in with him or move wherever he is. I never moved with him. Okay. No. No. But yeah, like, and I would say like part of the trust building was like this person told me like so many stories about himself and like even in those stories. I, if I was listening carefully, like I would have known how he was because like this keeps happening for him like over and over and over again, like cheating and like very sexual stories. And so like, like he actually told me everything, but I believed that because I was so special and different, which he made me believe too it would change or with me, it would be different. And I think that one of the things that he does is like to, to build trust. Like he share like very intimate things about him and it creates like an instant intimacy. Like very fast. We were like telling stories about ourselves and yeah, I think this is one like he even like he was like sending me like, I don't know if I should use those words, but like picture of like other people's parts and being like, oh, this was like that person. She's still trying to get me. And I was like, whatever. <laughs> like, this is so weird. But I felt it's. So he's sending you pictures of other people who he's talking to and he's sending them na you naked pictures of them. Yeah. And then in my head, I was like. Oh, he trusts me so much that he's willing to share that with me. Like, I'm not going to, like, break his trust. But now I see it very differently. <laughs> but this is how I, it made me feel, I guess, at this time. Did you ever send pictures of yourself to him? Oh, big time. Like, I never sexted before him. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, did very you, fast. And like, Did you ever think... Very, at the time that if he's sending other those pictures of other people to you, that he might be sending pictures of you to other people? Yeah, of course I asked that, and I believed when he said no, but I have big doubts that for sure, for sure he did. There's, there's no reason he would not have done it. And it, sound, it sounds like that he is also dabbling in other people's worlds that there's the one that's going on with you, but he has these other ones going on with other people at the exact same time. And are you uh, questioning who these other people are, why he's doing that with them as well? And, or does this kind of become a, a norm in your story with him is that there's always other people around? Yeah, so at the beginning, like, I didn't see him as, like, oh, my God, this person I want to be with. Like, I was more like, oh, this is going to save me. or And so maybe, okay, I'm going to cheat a few times, and then I'm going to pass my urge to do it, and everything's going to go back to normal. 
And so I was not really like, we have to commit to anything. So I was like, you can do whatever you want, like on your side. And to me, this was going to be a passing thing that would not last for sure. And after that, of course, I realized like, after that, I felt like I was like a fish in a pond and he would send baits. And then I was just a good fish that hooked good on the thing, but there was many fishes in there that were some, some were half hooked, some were ready to be hooked. And this is how I see it now. But at this time, I felt like the special one, like the most special of all. Okay. And this is how he made me feel for sure that that's the way that he gets. He got me that way anyway. Anyway, and another thing about the love bombing is that, yeah, the beginning I thought that, like, his way of thinking was so different that that what I was used to, and it really attracted me because he had such a different point of view on things. And, yeah, this really struck me. Like, when he told, like, situations, the way he's seen it, I was like, wow, this person really see it way differently than I do and I really like that and yeah also I had no idea what red flags meant and I didn't I didn't come from an abusive past so to me this was all like oh my god like this person's very exciting like the intensity is always high and it just seemed like I felt alive finally I guess this is how I felt so my story with him was, like, very sexual. And, like, every time, like, we see each other, like, we had sex, I feel that every time we saw each other, we had sex. And to me, it was really, like, waking up to a new world. And I was very, like, amazed by it. I was like, oh, my God, I missed out on this for my whole life. <laughs> I cannot believe this. And we were talking about it all the time, and it felt very, like, sacred. And part of the love bombing was really, like, this person I knew had a lot of experience with sex. And he had, like, many people before, and I know about it, and he told me about it, which was part of the intimacy building. And But he was like, with you, it's the best sex I ever had. And I was like, yeah, right, but... He kept pushing these ideas on me, and he was like, you're so special, oh, my God. And I was like, you know, you don't need to go that far in what you're saying. Like, you can just say, it's great. Like, you don't have to be like, oh, my God, like, you're the best all the time. I was like, it's kind of, like, too much. But he really, he was like, no, but it's so true. It's like, and he seemed so sincere, like, and he really pushed that idea on me, I guess, because I tried to calm him down. I was like, whoa, I never felt that way with someone. I was like, you're lucky to feel that way. And he was like, oh, like, I'm 100% sure. And I was like, okay, like very fast. And he told me like a few sentences over and over all the time. Like, and I realized after speaking with other women that he said the same exact sentence to these people too but he even told me like he couldn't get hard with someone else 
And when I cut him, that he was with someone else, he said that if there was a meter that would calculate the hardness and the excitement, I would be at the top. And this was like, oh, my God, he has an answer for everything. He has, he has an answer <laughs> for everything. He really does. crazy. It's like... I don't even want to talk to him anymore because everything I would come up with, he's going to have a good answer for. It's like, this is how it is with him anyway. So I feel the love bombing with him was like, it never stopped. Which, like, I hear a lot of stories that it really drops. But I... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Because I have like an avoidant personality, maybe, and I never wanted to fully engage with him because I have kids and I didn't want the big mix of like a, a new family and all the the drama for the kids like of, like this very fast thing like I really kept my space and we see each other like only we were seeing each other only when we were not around kids mostly and so I feel that because he never and he never really had like a, a firm grip on me. He couldn't drop the love bombing, really. Because it's like if he never fully had me. And he also told that to me. Like, he was like, I feel like I always have to run after you. But in a way, he said also, I love that. <laughs> that was like, I think that my personality made it that it was the love bombing never stopped. Anyway, so in between the devaluation, there was always the love bombing kept going. Like, even something happened, the day after would be like, boom, you're the best, you're perfect for me, you're the woman of my life, like everything you could imagine. So what kind of devaluation occurred, and when did you notice that it began? So about five months in, I think the first thing really happened around new year like there was a party and then i brought pops for everybody and i asked him if he wanted one sure you, you, you brought all, you brought like, um, beer no it was pops it was the day after the party which pops so I, br- I brought like like water whatever. Oh, okay but, okay okay for everyone, and then I asked him, and it was all, like, weird, and he's like, sure, I'll take one. And then after that, he made a big blow-up that I was taking care of everybody else but him, and that all that evening, I didn't give him attention. But, you know, we were actually both cheating on our partners. For sure, I didn't give him attention. Like, why <laughs> would I do that? So I guess it started there. And at this time, I was still with my husband, and I was like, okay, I should finish this. Like, this is this is crazy. There was signs right at the beginning that this person was not. There was red flags, but I was not mature, mature enough, maybe, to see them fully. Um, 
Um, so around five months, it started that there was some stuff, and I said, okay, it's over between us. But then, of course, it was not over. He came back with love bombing. And, like, the first big thing that happened was maybe, like, a year about after it, it started, like, 10 months, I would say. Like, I had broken a toe, and then I had a family visiting. And I was like, okay, this weekend I'm just going to go camping, like, with my family and friends, and I'm going to spend some time alone. And then he was, like, texting me like crazy while I was camping, and I was like, like, we'll talk about it later. But then he made me believe that he had written a letter to his wife and left it on her drawer and that he was all packed and ready to leave town and be like, you're going to deal with the shit that you created. I was like, oh, my God, like, this is insane. Then I was, like, camping, and I felt, like having, like I felt I was going to have a mental breakdown. And I felt if this story comes out, I'm going straight to the hospital to mental health. Like I was so scared. Like I'm from a small place and if a big truth, like in a community, and if a small community comes out like of cheating, it, I felt I'm not going to be able to face this. Like this is going to be, too much for me and he just kept on being like very intense and I was like okay I'll meet you somewhere in town right now so I made up like a story that I was gonna go to check my my broken toe at the hospital but then I went to see him and he was like the look in his eyes this it was like a different person that I'd never seen before and I was like talking to him and I, like, really, I was really scared. I was like, who is that person? And in my head, I was like, okay, as soon as this, like, hurricane is over, that's it. Like, I'm cutting this off because this is crazy. And then he was just very mad and was like, you're not even spending time alone. You're actually with your family. Like, if you need some alone time, like, just go alone somewhere. And he made this big story. And then I was like, where well, you wrote that letter to your wife, like you want to say the truth to everybody. And he was like, I don't want to be alone to deal with it. Like you're just as bad as me. But then I realized after calming down that he didn't even leave the letter. Like it was just a lie to get my attention or something. And then he kind of calmed down. And I was like, who was that person? And he told me even, he was like, well, this is the other me that is like, I'm trying to get rid of him, but I can't. And he even like gave a different name to that person who is himself. And I was like, oh my God, this was so scary. And I told him like this totally, it's like if our relationship was a tree and you would like take an ax and cut it right at the bottom, like, like add this was a very big thing for me. I'd never seen someone in the state like that. And so this was the big first thing. And I guess it should, what it, I should have finished it many times, but at this point I was like, wow. But I guess because I didn't have any experience with that in my life, I could not, like, go back to this past experience and be like, oh, this is what it is. I was like, what is that? 
and he was very adamant and his, I was like he was like oh I'm so sorry and I'm gonna be 40 soon like I don't want to be like that for the rest of my life like I'm working on myself so much and so I believed him I guess and soon after that I couldn't hold it anymore and so it was over with me and my husband and so this was a very chaotic time in my life like I moved out and I found a place for myself and I was really well a lot of emotional things like divorcing is really hard and what I was doing like I felt so guilty for for cheating already and I didn't tell nobody about it. Like, I had many friends in that small community, and nobody knew. Like, this was a, a secret that grew very big inside of me. Like, when you have a secret that you don't tell, it's like, it grows. And I guess at this point, it was very big, and I couldn't keep going with my relationship. So it was over. And how, then, yeah, and was, how is your relationship uh, when it ended, was your ex-husband um, uh, upset or was he uh, understanding? Was he feeling the same way but no one was talking about it? No, he, w- he wanted to keep going. For sure it was my choice and he was very upset. But I would say he did He did his his best. I mean, it was not like a crazy divorce. Like, it was pretty peaceful, quite avoidant, (laughs) as we both are. Uh, But overall... Overall, it was was okay from, from his part, I would say. Like, he was angry, and he had suspicions, for for sure. And he mentioned it, but I, I denied it. I was not ready. Like, I lied, too. Like, I lied to him, for sure. But I was clear with him that I didn't know if if I wanted to keep going. Like, for a while, we've been in these discussions, and I was not sure, like, what I wanted, and I was very confused. And then, and then I had this other thing that was starting to take... This, this thing with Jim took so much face in my head like I can't believe it like I was obsessively thinking about that person all the time like it took all the space I feel so then yeah I moved on and when I got my own place yeah I was very down for a while and Jim was still there in my life but I I was like, I need some, like, I don't want to just break break up and move on to a new relationship right away, which I was already doing anyway. But so I, I, I took time for myself. And, yeah, it was pretty hard times. And I feel he was, like, he was compassionate. But sometimes I would be, like, crying on the floor. And he would be like, well, get up now. And I was like, well, I can't, like, I'm totally, I can't move, like, I'm really down. Then it was like, well, helping you is telling you to just move on. And then it's like 
he seemed to be very compassionate, but I think he's not. It's a strange, strange feeling I have with him. It feels like he's, he's very ready to help you anytime, but at the same time, it's for his own benefit. <laughs> like, it's, it's strange. Like, even in the firefighter world, I feel he's doing it. So other people will think that he's so caring. And a sentence he would always tell me, which I know now is projection, is like he always accused me of not caring for him. He was like, you don't even care about me. And I was like, yeah, for sure, I care. Like, stop saying that. And this was a big, a big sentence he said all the time. And now I see it as projection. I was like, maybe he didn't care about me. <laughs> When he when he would do that, when he would say you don't care about me, did you then try to prove that you did without not just saying the words, but did you try and go out and uh, and prove your loyalty to him and how much you care? Yes, yes. So, what time. kind of things would you do? I would like to be a warmer person, like, and I was like, okay, like I'm really gonna show him that. I care because I do. I actually do. And this was w weird because, like, I really f feel like at last I was feeling something. Like, I was so numb. And then with him, it was like a roller coaster of feelings. And I guess even, like, the bad feelings, I was, like, happy to feel them because I was like, yay, I thought I was numb. I'm not. I was like, finally, I'm feeling something. And I was like... I'm feeling for him big emotions, and yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to to make him see it for what it is. And I guess he was using that for sure. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So after when I was not with my husband anymore, and he was still with his wife, he was like, well, I want you to be my girlfriend. I was like, this makes no sense. Like, I, I can't be your girlfriend. But he was very insistent. And I was like, well, it doesn't mean anything like... Our relationship is what it is right now. And like, it does, we don't have to name it, but if, if you want to name it, sure, I can be your girlfriend. And like that night we went to a show and his wife was there too. And then he saw me, like I was talking with some people, like some, there was men there, but there was also women. And... After that, like, he came in such a rage, and he was saying that I didn't give him attention, and then I was always flirting with other people, and that event was very big for me. Like, I missed the show totally. I left. I cried all night. Like, I was very affected by it. But now, but now but, you're but now you're apologizing for it because he's upset that you're not paying attention to him while you're at an event where his wife yeah. where his wife is and yeah and i'm like well she's there like i won't be all over you of course <laughs> like 
what is that? And then, yeah, this was a big moment for me. Like, and yeah, I apologize, but there's always this part in myself, and I guess it's for everybody. There's this part that believes in myself that stayed there the whole relationship. And when stuff like that happened, I was like, no, this is wrong. Like, I feel I really, I had lost my instincts when I was really numb at the very beginning. And this gym, like this savior in my life, (laughs) he brought my instincts back by being what he is. It's a strange feeling and I have a really hard time like giving him like a positive trait and all that. But I guess I have to. So before when you were completely numb, you weren't aware of things and now you feel like you're, you had such a heightened awareness for things and it was all because of him. But at the same time, it is a positive in the strangest way for you because now you are alert and awakened to certain things, whereas before you kind of felt dead. Yeah, like if someone would have told me that story, I would never have believed it. So, like I was so actually- as is a big a big conundrum in your head, you know, I oh, guess yeah. we might be getting ahead of ourselves here, but a big conundrum for you, is it something along the lines of this terrible thing happened but there are these positives that happened because of it and you don't know how to feel about what has happened I, I this is one of my biggest challenges like there's so much positivity that came out of it but if you look at what happened i'm like i can't be positive about him like how can i be positive but this is what comes out it's like i changed so much and I'm, I like the person I am today. Like, I would, I would redo that for sure. All these mistakes, I would redo them for the awareness that I have today anytime. But I have a hard time with this duality of, like, positive coming out of this negativity. <laughs> like, it's so weird. My mind can't, can't get around it. Like, this person brought... So much emotion out of me that I didn't know were even existing. And before that, like, I never really cried in my life. I cried so much. I was, I was like, I was happy to be crying. I was like, nice, I'm not numb. Like, I was like, no, I am alive. Like, there's feelings inside of me. Like, my range of emotion went, like, so big compared to what it was before that yeah I'm closer to my emotions and closer to like who I'm I really am in a strange way because of that story anyway okay I'll keep going with the evaluation uh, like the, what other kind of tactics are being used uh, is he sowing seeds of doubt in your mind is he gaslighting you um, well, I feel there was a lot of projection. Mm-hmm. The gas lighting happened more like towards the end, I would say. And of 
for sure, I felt like I was walking on eggshells. Like, and I told him that I was like, I'm not going to stand for a relationship where I'm scared of my partner. Like, what is that? Like, I come to you and I feel like I have very have to be very careful of what I'm saying or what I'm doing. Like, I, I don't want that. But he was like, he totally puts it on me. He was like, no, it's me. I feel like you always criticize what I, like, the outburst that I have and have to be careful around you. I was like, oh, my God. Anyway, but I, I, I think he did a lot of projection. Like, he said I was always leaving door open for other people, like, that I kept, like, open connections with people around me that so I would, like, jump in as soon as something would happen. And at that time, I, were you thinking that, oh, the things that he's mentioning to me, he's doing himself, or was him mentioning it to you, swir- like, throw you off or, or give you a swerve? No, I guess he, he put... He put the thing so much on me that for me it was hard to say. I didn't understand what was those two, three days, like, argument things. But it was just a distraction from what was really happening. This is what I think. And, yeah, at at some levels I thought I knew it was projection, but it was so intense, the talk, and, like, he was really, like, Oh, I would never cheat on you. Like, you're so much... The love bombing never stopped. So I was like, okay. Like, you seem really sure. And and he was like, you have to trust me. Like, you have trust issues. I was like, okay, I'm trying to work on myself here. So was the love bombing uh, so constant throughout the whole entire thing that you're so overwhelmed the whole entire time that you never even had a chance to look at what he was doing because it was just continuous. Oh, it was continuous for sure. One thing that he, like at some point around, like we were kind of like together, I would say for three years, like with the hidden part and the not, not hidden part. And at year two, he divorced with his wife. And he always said to me, I want to be with you 100% sure. And I'm ready to finish my relationship with my wife to be with you. He, so he finished it with her. And I, I totally felt it slide that I became the new wife somehow. It's like now, like he had new techniques of abuse I would say like he was like oh you and my ex-wife do this thing like he would put us in the same boat me and her like with like behaviors that he didn't like he's like oh you're so against me with this you and her and I was like when did it start that it's me and her like this was really a new thing and then he was still living with his ex-wife and totally controlling her while he was with me, and she knew that that he, he was with me, but she didn't know that we cheated that whole time. And it started to be very chaotic with him and more, like still the love bombing never stopped, but just like his outbursts became like more frequent. And I felt like I didn't I even have time to recover from the last like tornado that a new one would come in and the recovery of the, the previous tornado would be the new tornado. 
which was a weird thing. It's like it's not that we like we healed that. It was there's a new thing more important that we have to deal with now, so we forget what happened. And then this is when I started like journaling and I took notes of what was happening and the dates. And I saw like patterns of time and it felt like a wheel. I was like, oh, every like three weeks it would bump and then, and yeah, like the journaling really helped me to see all of this. I wanted to believe that he was only that love bumping person. But at some point, a friend of mine explained to me like, like personalities, it's like a square. Maybe you can see it as a square and you decide to see only a few sides of the squares, but you know there's these other sides and you don't want to look at them, but this person is that whole thing. And I guess I was looking at the good sides and hoping that they would, they would be like, they would become all of him. But at some point I knew he could, he couldn't get rid of the abusive side of him. And yeah. So at some point I left for a family trip and I was gone for like yeah three weeks around Christmas time and the day before I left he made a hole in my wall and I was like okay that's it it's over and I didn't contact him for like a week and then we started texting again and then I was sweet again and then the love bombing and he was like it was my birthday and and he loved me so much and he really wanted to make it work so when I came back I was like okay and this is when I was starting to date things and events and it took only two weeks before I was back that we had like the biggest explosion that never happened and so you, I was so you were being ga- so you, an explosion happened and then you were gaslit as if it never happened no but like so I left for my trip and then I came back and but before I left it was a big explosion. And when I came back, it was all like, we're going to make this work and like, give me one last chance. He was always saying, give me one last chance. I think I gave him like 25 last chances. And I was like, okay, I'll give you a last chance or another chance. And then he was like, I'm seeing a therapist. Like he was very serious. And then he was, he was also like on his knees crying, being like, you're the woman of my life. Like I would do everything for you. And, so I was like, okay. And then two weeks after that, we had like the biggest, like I was at his house and I don't even remember what the argument was about, but it just escalated. And then in my head, I was like, okay, now it's like, I, w- I wanted to leave. <clears throat> I was like, okay, now it's dangerous to leave. I can't leave. Like this is, and then the realization of that in my head was like, what am I doing in this situation, like I'm afraid of leaving a place because this person is too scary. And this is the person that's supposed to love me the most that I've ever felt before. Like this is, and then like he blocked the door and he was like telling me I needed to go see like a therapist because I had a lot of mental issues and that like I was very sick mentally and I I remember like very clearly that moment that his words like just flew over me and didn't go through me anymore. It was like on the on the duck's back, like on duck's feathers, like the water. It just it just passed, and I think this was like a turning point for me that 
I could totally see it. And so he was blocking the door. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stay. And when it comes down, like, I'm out of here. And I went out. And, like, this is when it got physical. Like, I went down the stairs. And then he pushed me on the ground. I left my phone in the air. Then I was kind of down on the stairs. And he was, like, grabbing me. And I kicked him with with my feet. And I stand up. And I kicked him in, in the balls. And then I hid. I ran to my car. But he already had stolen my car keys. I knew where the double was. Started to try to start my car, but then he had he was there with the double and a rock, and he was hitting on my car with, with a rock, with a crazy face. I was like, ah. and he enters my car, so I left running, and I hid in in the bushes for like hours. And then he was patrolling with his truck, like looking for me, and I was like, whoa, but. I was like nowhere where it lives. It's, it's like nowhere, and it, it was like 10 p.m. So you were so, literally hiding while he was patrolling around in his truck looking for you after he smashed your car with yeah. a, with a rock, and you're in fear yeah. for your life at this point. Um, well, yeah. I had the biggest rush of adrenaline for a long time. Then I hid, and I went to get back my phone there while he was patrolling on the street, and I hid back, and then he was texting me. It was like, I called the police for what you've done. You just kicked me in the ball. Like, you're so crazy. Like, you have to respond to what you've done to me. I was like, oh, my God, this is insane. And then I had a very good friend that I, that I called and she came, like I hid and she came to pick me up and we went to sleep in a safe place. And the day after I went back to grab my stuff and he was like, I'm waiting for apologies here. And I was like, and he tried to kiss me. I was like, you're insane. Like, this is insane. Like, you're pretending you called the police. Like, you think this is, like, I have to apologize. I was like, well, look at yourself. Like, here, I'm done. And that, that this was like a big breakdown, for sure. After that, I was like, I didn't sleep at all for two nights, maybe. <laughs> I was all like very high on adrenaline. And it was over at this point. And I'm, I feel sorry for myself to say that a month after <laughs> I gave him another chance. And so... Like, after that experience, like, it, it lasted maybe a, another month, but I was I was just, like, can't unsee what I've seen. And so it just ended with, I don't even remember what it was, but I was like, I'm very sorry. And it's, it's actually for love that I'm, I'm leaving it because, like, I love you. And if you really want to change for real, and next year I really want you to change, I have to leave because I'm just enabling that pattern right now and if i keep going it's gonna just keep on going i know that for sure so it's, it was kind of a, a lack of an act of love for myself like respect for myself and for him too because it could not like keep on going like this craziness and so this was like the first ending i guess of me and him and I wanted to stay friends with him. And so I guess I stayed, like, uh, under that spell of him for another 
year. Like we would talk like once in a while and he would text me like sweet things. And, and like when we talked, like we talked about what happened and like, but he always like, he wrote me like love letters. It was still love, love bombing. And he was like, Oh, I'm working so hard on myself. Like I'm alone right now. And like, I don't need like sex with nobody. Like I'm very happy to do my work and, and still being abusive, like, oh, you're not doing your work good. Like, I'm doing my work. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So you're still and, you're still kind of hanging on to his puppet strings at this point, even though you're not in a relationship anymore. But you are a source of supply for him, correct? Very much. I would say it that way, yeah. And then at some point, like, he really wanted to me, to have me back and... Like, he was like, I'm going to tell what we did together, like the cheating. I'm going to tell the whole community what you've done because I'm not going to fall alone. Like, this is what he was saying to me. It's like, everybody thinks I'm a bad person, but I'm not going to fall alone in this. Like, what you did was really bad, too. And I'm going to tell everybody that we cheated unless you come back with me. And I was like... I was in that situation. I was so stressful for a few months there. I was so scared of telling that big truth, like in a small community, and to tell my ex-husband, like what I actually, like officially done. And um, what happened is, like one day, this other woman contacted me, and she, she was like, "Oh, like I, I heard you rumors about you and Jim." And I'm going to tell your ex-husband what I know. And anyway, this person was, uh, she, she, she was not doing good at that moment. Sorry, and she was so not, she was, was, she was not what? Doing good okay. mentally. I would say like she was in a rough moment. Okay. And so she was like threatening me for, for weird reason at this point. I was not sure why, but I was like, okay, this was like the drop of water that was too much for me. So at the next conversation with my ex-husband, I decided to tell him the truth. And so I made like, I feel this was my nuclear bomb. Like I dropped this big truth because I was so tired of being like threatened by Jim with this. Like he was using this to have me back. I was like, if you really love me, like you would never do that. And I was like, I'm going to say it, so he's not going to have, like, a force on me or, like, a, he's not going to have this thing against me. Then, I, like, all my cards are going to be on the table, and I'm going to be... I thought I would lose all my friends doing that. And, like, I, I'm friend with, with his ex-wife. I'm still friend with, with her. Like, I'm very grateful for her, for her, like, her forgiveness, I would say. Or, or compassion but so I dropped that bomb so I told my ex-husband okay this is what really happened between me and Jim when I was with you and then after that I called Jim and I was like okay I told him now you have to tell your ex-wife like you have a week to tell her otherwise it, the word's gonna spread very fast like a small community is like, it's a very uh, gossipy news. Mm -hmm. 
So, so it was not mad, but he was like, why did you do that? I was like, well, you kept threatening me. I couldn't, like, I couldn't do this anymore. And it was like, I would have never said it to nobody. Like, never I would do that to you. And I was like, but why would you use it as a threat? Like, I was not able to. So anyway, he, he, he told her and this big, big thing explode. And this was one of the best lessons in my life. Like, I thought I would lose all my friends. Like, I thought I was so scared to to say that truth. And I think, like, it, it's also a part that what kept me with him. It was like we had hidden secrets together. And this really creates, like, cheating creates intimacy very fast because you're lying together. So you feel very special, like it's a bond that's created very fast somehow. And, yeah, so, so that happened. And then, yeah, I thought I thought the fear of saying it, like I thought, again, like I have to go to mental hospital for a week. Like I'm going <laughs> to remove my stuff from the world. But the response of, like, my my closest friend was so like eye-opening like the love that i received for my honesty was one of the best lessons in, in my life actually and i'm very grateful that i had to go like through that that anyway that challenge i would say because I, I learned a lot on honesty and being true like being real and yeah, so this happened, and then around that same time, a man contacted me to tell me that his wife and Jib had, had an affair if, like six months before, so when I was still with him, I was like, oh my God. So I, I confronted Jim about it, and yeah, it, it was like while he was saying to me, like while he was having, like, he was on his best behavior. This was his words, like, I'm going to be on my best behavior. Like, this is the last chance you give me. I'm going to do everything to make it happen. Like, I would do everything for you. Like, the love bombing at the top. He was actually having this, this affair with that other person. And it broke her relationship with her husband, too. Mm-hmm. And so I feel this was the first ending but I was still somehow attached in a in a weird way to that person. Like I felt a special connection and a special bond, I would say. And so I haven't been only six months about no contact with him. And so that day I received a text from a woman and she's all like, it's the same person that was in a very bad place. When I when so, I told the truth. So just to clarify, yeah, uh, this part of your story ends uh, where well, part of your story ends where um, you tell everyone kind of what's going on, and it's over in that sense. But at the same time, you still have feelings for him. And now you're the woman who was um, contacted you earlier, threatening you, is about to contact you again, correct? Yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. And this is a year later, the previous time she contacted me. And so she does. And what she tells me is that she's been having a thing with Jim ever since me and him broke up. And she said that was her who took care of him when I brutally dumped him and was so not nice with him that she took care of him and that they were seeing each other uh, since. And I was like, okay. Like, but this person, like, is still in a very, was still in a very, like, not good place. And at this point, I contact Jim and I'm like, Okay, like, while you were saying to me that you were working so hard on yourself, being alone and not having sex and, like, feeling so good and, like, working so hard, you were actually with that person, too? Like, this is the second kind of thing that you didn't tell me that I found out. And then I was like, okay, at this point, like, I don't want to speak to you anymore. And... Like, I don't want to hear, I was like, I don't even want to hear what you have to say about it because you always have a good excuse. I don't want to hear your excuse this time. And this is going to sound confusing now because that's when Lola shows up in the story. So who is Lola? So Lola is, um, she's a volunteer firefighter who's, volunteering at the same place same place as Jim. Okay. And I know about her for a little while like for cuz Jim is sometimes mentioned Lola who's nice and he's just like she's a nice person and they kind of friends over there. I didn't think anything about that. But then after after me and him like split up maybe a few months after he starts to hang out with Lola, but he says to me she's just a friend and they're really helping each other. Healing, because she just went through a similar thing and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, good. I don't know Lola at all. But then just after that other woman like contacted me, I see like the same day, I think it was the same day, I see Lola in a grocery store. And it, I know that her and Jim were actually, like, their thing evolved, like, from a friendship. This is what he tells me. From a friendship to, like, a start of a relationship. And then they were kind of together, but more like friends with benefits. This is what Jim told me about his relationship with Lola. But recently, like, I heard it was over between them, and Jim has a new girlfriend. And so I see Lola at the grocery store, but I never spoke to her before. And I just feel like a pull to really, okay, what, like, how are you? Like, what's up? And I was like, so how are you? And she's like, oh, I'm okay. And I was like, and I told her, like, I'm still very confused about that whole, like, gym story. Like, for me, it's really hard to let go of it. And I was like... I heard that he has a new girlfriend, and I heard you've been hurt in that. Like, I'm very sorry for you. And then she's all like, well, since that time he made holes in my wall, I'm, it kind of went down from there. And then I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what's up? Like, this is this is crazy. I was like, do you so, want to go for a coffee? So for, to uh, clarify, he yeah. has been doing the exact same thing to Lola 
uh, to yeah. uh, with hole punching holes in the wall, everything. Same thing he did to you. She has left him, and now uh, you guys are talking she, at the store. Yeah, I never seen. I never talked to her before. Like I seen her around, but I don't know her. But so, he so, left. He left her for someone else. So Jim has been. Um, you know, he had his wife, he was cheating with you and then he was yeah. with you. And then there was this other woman who called you. There was Lola. And now he's moved on from all of you with someone new and who knows who else. Oh, and there was that couple, uh, that yeah, you, that you mentioned. Was also that couple. Yeah. So, yeah. so Jim is a serial, a liar and uh yeah. cheater like pat- pathological i would say and uh so, and is physically abusive um yeah. and is uh, psychologically abusive and emotionally abusive yeah like it's a it's a strange thing like it was really i felt like okay there's nothing that he ever said that i can take for true Mm-hmm. It's like he's gonna lie on like very small things just to make your mind think of something that is unreal. So now so, that it is over, how yeah. how are you doing and what are the biggest issues you're having in your recovery, in your healing process? Well, then I went to that phase where I had to re-see everything and that's when a lot of details popped up and i was like okay this was that actually and this was probably that and sometimes like i ever since i seen lola maybe two times and sometimes i just made like confirmations with her and i was like okay the, the what i thought was actually not what i thought and so I had to go through like this all like I feel like my brain was used. I feel like it's a harsh word, but I feel I was raped mentally. And I've been lying to, to my ex-husband too, but it was not the same way. I would say I think there's different ways of lying, and I'm not gonna excuse myself for what I've done. But this was beyond everything I thought possible like i didn't know a human being could be like that where i'm at now is that i discovered like i had, i went to see a therapist and it was very like it's it, i feel it's baby steps sometimes like you discover something and then it leads you to something else and so i've, I've made a lot of discoveries that i'm very grateful uh, about and i went through a lot of like analysis but, like, I, in therapy, like, I saw myself, like, I saw my inner child, like, being on the floor, being very quiet, and, like, craving for attention. And I guess all my life, I looked for attention outward. And so what I'm working on right now is, like, giving myself my, my attention like as best as I can, like, like I felt so seen by Jim and this is what kept me hooked there for a long time, I I think. And so, so you're working on, I'm working on seeing myself 
like without the support of like looking around to see what other people think about me, like being more like balanced. Because in therapy, like I saw that that inner child being like on the floor, like very quiet and but like. I was craving to be discovered. I think this, like, and that someone would be like, oh, you're actually like this diamond that was hiding. And this is how he made me feel. But I, I'm, I'm working on making making it feel for, for myself. And further on in therapy, like, I saw myself standing up and I was so shaky that, like, it's like me as a child standing up and then looking around looking for support and there's no support so I feel very unbalanced so I guess what I'm working is like to feel my own balance within myself yeah and what was really hard is what we mentioned earlier it was like it's this duality of positivity out of a painful event like overall yeah I have like it's my my brain has a hard time to, to balance balance this and I was hoping that like sharing my story like in a very neutral like nobody knows I'm doing this like this is for myself and I, I'm hoping for like full acceptance and peace and closure because I've been very obsessively thinking about it and I've I like I dived into knowing everything about mental like like narcissism but all the cluster b and i i i would say i've been a bit obsessive about it and i want some peace and so now that we've spoken for for the last little bit of time how are you feeling about everything that has just uh been told I feel it's hard to picture it, to picture the craziness that I see in it and in words. And there's like, this is the main act of the story, but this story is bigger and there's like way more people involved and many, many, many details that I still find out about it. Because I'm from a small place, so sometimes I hear a piece of information, I'm like, what? Like, I, I had no clue this person had any contact with Jim. Oh, but suddenly I know that they had a thing. In, and it's like, I can't even calculate the number of... Like, I left the first time because he was abusive. But then all the lying after was really what opened my eyes. So do and, you do you feel that you can fully heal while living in the same town as him? This is I'm not sure cuz like yeah I mentioned this like a week ago I go to the grocery and then he's there with his new girlfriend. So you went to the grocery kinda, store and he was there with his new girlfriend. Yeah, and he's there in in and you know like the new girlfriend she's been there like 6 months and they already live together. Like, she moved in a month after they were together. It, it To me, it seemed like, okay, this is, this is the same thing. Like, some people that know him are like, oh, he's changed. And I'm like, ah, like, 
there's this obsessiveness to prove that I'm right. Like, but I know this is my ego speaking, but it's really strong. And so I go to the grocery store and he's there in the meat section with his new girlfriend. And then I'm kind of far away and I see him like he whispers something in her ears and she's like, yeah. And then he, he, he moves and he comes towards me and I'm like, is he going to talk to me? Like, and then he kind of does this little sad face, pity face to me. And I have so much anger. It's like, I never, I never had so much anger ever before in my life. And I grow through stages. Like I, I'm able to have compassion for him, but I grow to like very angry moments. And I have dream that I'm literally like punching his face, and it goes in, and there's blood spilling. Like I have like it's it's in my dreams too. Like I. Yeah, I want to get rid of it. Like, I, there's no way I would get be back with him like this. But what stays is that, yeah, it's like, I, I don't even know know what it is. But I, this is where I'm at, I guess. So I will eventually do a follow-up episode with you Um or at least I'll stay in contact with you to see how everything is going because it will probably be difficult. I hope this call is closure for you, but, you know, you're seeing him all the time and all these things are happening, so yeah, it might be a little like bit I more difficult. I almost had a fight with him, like in the bar. This was like a month after because mm-hmm. I, I made it very clear. Like when I spoke with his new girlfriend and I was like, and by the way, if he tries to contact me again, I'm calling the police, like. I'm not, this is not happening. Like, cause, and then I, I texted him one last sentence, don't write or talk to me. And then I blocked him. But then I saw him in the bar and he comes towards me and he does this interrogating face. And I'm like, just go away. Don't look at me. And he comes and he's like, what's up? Peace, no problem. And I'm like, I could have jumped on <laughs> Like, if if I would not see him, I'll never. I think it would be easier, but I always see him on the road. or And I feel life makes it that he's always, like, in weird moments. Like, this means I still have work to do on, about it. And I want to come to a point where I can send lo- love from a distance. Because, of course, I had problem with boundaries. Like... I didn't speak about boundaries, but it's very clear that I didn't know even what they were. And I read somewhere something that really stuck with me is like, boundaries is the space you put between you and someone else to keep loving them and sending compassion. And I want to get to that, to that state of mind. And the distance is no contact. But I want to be still in a place where I can send love and compassion and it's this is also for myself like I, I don't want to be stuck in that anger I'm not stuck in that anger but I never experienced anger that way ever before and I'm very hard like I'm not an angry person I never was angry with nobody before that <laughs> like officially I didn't know what anger was now I know and so I I, <laughs> I want to be in love and compassion 
Well, Ariana, I want to thank you for being on the show, and I hope you get to the place where you need to get to, and I'll be cheering for you and rooting for you, um, and we'll be in contact with each other, and I just really want to thank you for sharing your story with me today. Yeah, thank you for what you're doing. Like, it really helped for me to listen to people's story. Like, it, it validated my own story just to hear from others like so thank you very much and thank you once again and for everyone out there listening i hope you have a good night